Hello, Mama. Welcome to Reaching Abundance. Today, we're talking about how to quit making excuses. And more specifically, how I'm working to break the yo-yo fitness commitment cycle I've been stuck in for years. The self-talk examination I've been doing to get me to this point and what I've learned about why I make excuses. Maybe you're not really into fitness, or maybe you don't consider yourself a runner. Okay, well, samesies. My intention is that hearing about my personal struggle with fitness normalizes some of the drama around the old mom bod, alleviates some of the pressure you've put on yourself, and helps you recognize any reoccurring detrimental patterns like I have. If you ever felt bad about not working out, if you've ever said you were going to start Monday and then didn't, or if you've ever felt guilty about how much you did or didn't work out, this episode is for you. The thing is, the tendency to make a goal, start Monday, and then promptly begin to make excuses to ourselves to justify falling off the wagon can happen, not just when it comes to fitness or even health. It can show up at work, in our spending patterns, in relationships, in household chores, everywhere. And as you listen today, remember, abundance is possible for all of us, even though it looks different for each of us. And that is a beautiful thing. Welcome to the Reaching Abundance podcast, where your host, Virginia Elder, shares helpful guidance for moms around positive mindset, creating simplicity, practicing true self-care, and most of all, money management. Her financial journey toward a better life blossomed into an insatiable desire for overall happiness and abundance. Hang out with her right here each week while she ditches the taboos around women and money, shares resources, educates, and financially empowers all the mamas. All right. Thank you for being here with me today. I'm Virginia, and truthfully, I've been planning and thinking about this episode for months. I caught a few thoughts revolving around that procrastination, though. The feeling that I have to have a perfectly formulated, very consistent workout routine before I could possibly have the authority to jump on here and talk to you about fitness. You know what that is? Self-doubt, imposter syndrome, perfectionism. So I threw all of that out the window and hit record because truthfully, I'm just a mom just like you. And life throws us challenges and curveballs, and we are all just trying to do our best over here. Yes, I am here to empower you. You can create a less chaotic, more abundant life, just like I have. But I'm not perfect, and I never want you to think that you have to be either. So, Let's dive in and talk about fitness. And don't roll your eyes and skip to another podcast. Hang on. This is a guilt-free zone, as I hope you will discover. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, maybe we have this in common. I say, I want to be more fit, more toned, trimmed down, or whatever. So I look at all this Pinterest stuff, nail down what I'm going to do, 
this time (laughs) to gear up and start Monday. I might even buy some cute athletic outfit and I force myself to jump out of bed bright and early on Monday and head out for a run. By day three, I'm really proud of my progress. Look, I'm actually doing it. But by day four, I'm tired, sore, and I can easily find 10 plus excuses as to why I should skip a day. That day turns into two and those two turn into a week. And before I know it, I've fallen off the wagon completely. Sounds familiar? If we're being honest with ourselves, we've all done this. Or maybe you're perfectly consistent with your workout routine and you need to give me some tips. (laughs) My pattern doesn't stop there. Once I realize I've fallen off, I put this insane pressure on myself to restart. But my brain is full of every task I quote unquote should be doing instead. How busy I am and every excuse as to why I can't continue to pursue this workout commitment. I hear this voice in my head saying, If you're going to wake up that early, shouldn't you be moving your business forward, doing client work, or doing something productive instead of just running around outside by yourself? Or I'll hear, this is too hard. Isn't there an easier way to get fit? Maybe you should just research some more. Or maybe this one. I'm just so tired. It's impossible to get to bed early enough. Or this one. One of my favorites. Let me just get some new blank. And then I'll restart this workout thing. So that might mean new running shoes, a new fitness tracker, a new app, a sports bra, you name it. Ultimately, I feel conflicted from the inside out. I feel stuck in this chronic failure, self-sabotage loop, and it's suffocating. Negative feelings around my yo-yo wannabe fitness commitments take over. I feel shame for my current level of fitness, but can't seem to break through this invisible barrier of excuses. I begin to memory stack in a negative way, remembering all the things I've said I was going to do and didn't. All the times that I backed out or failed. I'm letting myself down again for like the hundredth time. Why do I do this to myself? I know the health benefits of a daily workout, so why can't I stick with one? Why is it so freaking easy for me to make excuses and let myself off the hook if I'm just going to turn around and feel like a quitter? At this point, I've made a joke of it and said that when it comes to working out, I have commitment issues. It's like a bad dating relationship, but... Wouldn't you love to be able to break the yo-yo fitness loop? I would. So by the way, this can show up as anything in your life. Maybe fitness or a consistent workout routine isn't a problem for you, but is there any other area in your life where you start and stop and experience negative internal thoughts and then force yourself to get back to it only to make excuses over and over again? I think the most familiar likeness here is the yo-yo diet cycle. We all know what that is, right? You try this diet for a few weeks, give up or burn out too quickly, 
and then jump to the next one. And each time you think, oh, this is going to be the one. This time will be different. Or I'll really stick with this one. We all know how unhealthy that is. And much of the diet society that our moms suffered through has dissipated. But we all know what a yo-yo dieter is and the negative connotation that comes with that label, which is exactly why I'm having a hard time with this slap-in-the-face realization of the same pattern, although in a different area, in my own life. So is there something somewhere in your own life that you seemingly commit to over and over again while simultaneously having a million excuses around? Right now, we're going to dive into the self-sabotaging cycle, examine why it happens, and how to eliminate excuses. I'm sharing my struggle, what I've learned about myself, and the thought processes I've been evaluating in my own life in hopes that this will help you, maybe with your fitness goals, but maybe somewhere else, wherever you experience similar thoughts and patterns. The first step to any level of change anywhere is recognizing the behavior and any patterns around it. It took me a while to realize what was going on here, but I do see the pattern. There's a pattern not only with my physical behavior of starting and stopping the fitness routine over and over, But there's also a pattern in my energy levels, my self-talk, my body image, and the urgency or priority I put on my personal level of fitness. Recognizing the pattern is a fantastic first step, not a solution. So good job. I'm going to pat myself on the back right here. But there's lots more work to do. Over the years, and yes, this has taken me years to uncover, I've done deep thought work on what created this pattern in my life. The only time I actually completed a commitment to a workout routine was A, in high school as part of the drill team, or B, when I signed up for a half marathon and wanted to make sure I didn't hurt myself or die on the day of the race. Let's just look at these two things, the drill team thing. It was part of my routine. I was in high school and never thought twice about it because that's just what I did every morning. That was first period. So I'd wake up, put on my workout gear for drill team and go to school and walk straight into the gym. I had no other commitments and I enjoyed dancing. Then the half marathon thing. The training program I selected was a 16-week training with a set number of miles to run each day and week. It built up slowly, leading to the race. By committing to this thing, I'd set a giant goal for myself, and I didn't want to be a quitter or embarrassed or worse, experience an injury and feel like a total wimp. I signed up for the race because I simply wanted to prove to myself that I could do something that seemed impossible to me. I'm not a runner. I'd never done a race before. And the thought of running 13 miles was way out of my comfort zone. Plus, I knew that if I could commit to this and actually do it, 
then I could do anything I set my mind to, including building my own business, starting a podcast, becoming self-employed so I could be with my kids every day, and basically just make my dreams come true with a long list of items I'd been putting off for reasons none other than I just didn't fully believe that I could. So to make long stories short, I made captain of the drill team in high school and had a glorious senior year of football games and competitions, complete with all the sequins and red lipstick a girl could ever dream of. I was successful there because I loved dancing and I wanted to win, whatever that meant. Popularity, to be cute, to be known. And because it was part of a routine that I enjoyed and didn't think twice about. Now, the half marathon I did because a friend and I signed up together. And even though I'd never done any sort of race before, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do something that seemed crazy to me. I'm seeing my competitive side come out in both of these examples, but there was negative emotion in this one. Fear of not being able to finish, fear of dropping out, fear of injury, and the worst one, fear that my kids would see me give up. Completing a 16-week training for this half was the hardest thing I've ever done, especially toward the end when a single workout was nine miles, for example. I was away from home, gone, absent from my family life for hours each week, only to come home with pain in my hips and knees. It was brutal. Although it felt like absolute torture, I had lots of time to think. As my feet pounded the pavement, my mind wandered. I was able to explore childhood memories, behaviors that had been modeled for me, habits I inadvertently picked up from my parents, and behaviors I've adopted that were really defense mechanisms from some event way in my past. This thought work wasn't to find an event or someone to blame, but to discover why I feel or act a certain way, even though my knowledge tells me to do otherwise. We all know what we're supposed to do. We all know what we should do with our money. We all know what we should do to get proper nutrition or to be fit. But why don't we do it? Why do we sabotage ourselves with excuses? Looking back, I recognized several people who were very close to me that provided one excuse after another for everything. I closely witnessed the diet craze of the 80s and 90s. I remember Metabolife pills and Richard Simmons' VCR workout tapes. I also remember the unbelievably unfair expectations my dad had for my mom. Thus, my mom had for herself. She yo-yo dieted like crazy. And when she was tired of it, which I don't blame her, the waterfall of excuses would come. Which, at this point, I really think was her way of rationalizing and making herself feel better about the failed commitment. I learned when I was young that excuses frustrated and annoyed the people around you and not to make them outwardly. But no one taught me not to make them internally. Positive self-talk wasn't a conversation when I was a young teen. 
And anything that was unacceptable to say out loud became a private conversation I had to myself, with myself, in my own head. This self-awareness of thought patterns and behaviors that perpetuate the cycle, the same suffering my mom endured but in a different area of life, is the only way I can begin to stop making excuses. There's always an excuse if you're looking for one. Boy, am I good at looking for one. Hey, Mama. I want to take a brief sec right here to tell you that I appreciate you and thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This episode is brought to you by Grocery Budget Makeover. This is an online course by a fellow mom named Erin Chase, where you'll learn the proper way to make a grocery list. You get a grocery spending formula so you know exactly how much you should be spending on groceries. And you get to learn the exact methods she and I have used to cut our grocery bills in half. This includes things like time-saving kitchen hacks, meal planning, making your coupons stretch, and tips for online purchases and grocery pickup. Heck yeah! I've been there where you spend hours and hundreds of dollars only to get home and figure out you A, still have quote-unquote nothing to eat, or B, missing ingredients for a recipe. It's so frustrating. It gets better though. While I highly recommend you buy her online course, I'm going to let you in on a secret. The link in the show notes sends you to a free workshop where she'll help you stop overspending right away for free. Make sure you check out the show notes and grab this free class. Girl, you're going to love these savings. I sure do. So now that I've identified where this cycle of disappointment from setting goals and then making excuses as to why I can't achieve them comes from, why do I still do it? For me, I've noticed a few key situations in which I tend to make the most excuses. And again, they can be anywhere in life. And this is in no way limited to health or fitness. My triggers for making excuses. You ready for this? Outside the comfort zone. I might say, it's too hard. It's impossible. Or a slew of other quips of irrational thought and false beliefs because I've never done this before. It's new or challenging, either mentally or physically. And that growth or getting over the hump, as some would say, is tough. When it comes to exercise, it's not that my feet physically can't step one in front of the other. It's usually that my mind is spiraling and telling my body that I'm not capable. Which, upon examination of that thought right now, you and I both can tell this is a total lie. But in that moment, it feels like the truth. Same thing when it comes to building a website, having an intense conversation with a loved one, or launching a product. It's not that we're actually incapable at all. Our minds convince us that we can't. Doing nothing is easier. Now, this one seems obvious, but it's really not. 
When I'm out for a run and my brain is telling me it's too hard or worse, when I'm barely trying to begin a workout routine and my brain tells me it's not going to work before I've even started, I must make myself realize, of course, it's easier to sit on the couch. Of course, it's easier to sleep in. Of course, it's easier to have a mindless job where you just show up, you do your eight hours and maintain little responsibility. Do we want easy? Really? I'm venturing to say right now that when our brain tells us something is too hard, that it's covering up something deeper, like fear of failure, fear of attention, fear of judgment, or even fear of success. And yes, that's a thing. The most primitive part of our brain tells us to play small, stay safe, and don't do anything that will make you stand out because that will render you vulnerable. And this is where each of us has to evaluate the actual thought and decide, what am I afraid of? Am I really afraid of being successful in this area of life? If I'm successful at this, what are the real possible outcomes? I'm willing to bet when you dissect those thoughts, you prove your primitive brain wrong and you discover you really do love overcoming challenges. Time. Oh boy, this has been one of the toughest ones for me. The time conundrum encompasses enough time in the day, enough sleep at night, my work commitments, the kids' schedules, how much sleep I think I need, what time I get to go to bed, and how many times a dog or cat or kid woke me up in the night. The list goes on, y'all. This is one of those barriers that, for me, is constantly changing shape. If I feel that I can't find the time to work out, I time block and use a planner. But then the trigger morphs into being a sleep issue. I couldn't get to bed early enough, or if I laid down on time, I couldn't fall asleep fast enough. If I fell asleep, but the dog woke me up twice, I'm pissed about my lack of quality of sleep. Any and all of these easily stack upon each other and become an excuse as to why I can't go out for our run. Again, in the case of time, it's all about the beliefs I've allowed to cycle through my mind and what I'm choosing to believe as truth. I've had to create the belief that my body got all the rest it needed and that there is enough time to run, even if it's only for 10 to 20 minutes. I've had to realize that even if it's not an hour-long run, it's still exercise and it still counts. Okay, so the next one is energy. This trigger shows up quietly, sneakily in my life. It's not an outward excuse like the others. I might think or even say out loud that I don't have the energy to work out. But what I'm really getting at is probably related to feeling drained from too much pressure in some other area of life. Maybe we're knee-deep in soccer season and we've spent weeks attending a game or practice every dang night and I feel like I have not had a break. Or maybe this is a lack of sleep thing where I'm tired or I've convinced myself that I am and I don't think I can muster the energy to run today. So there are actually two things here. 
One, if I fuel my body properly with nutrition and I'm properly hydrated, I feel better and more energized regardless of how much sleep I have or haven't had lately. More coffee isn't the answer on this one. Two, even though it does take energy to work out, that workout actually creates more energy that fuels the rest of my day. On non-workout days, I'm drinking all the coffee. But I've noticed on days that I work out, it's like I forget the coffee pot is even there. It's the weirdest, most backward thing, and it continues to surprise me. So I'm not telling you this as some form of like, I drink less caffeine, so I'm better, like twisted projection. I promise. But seriously, I find that when I do work out, I have more sustained caffeine-free energy and clarity throughout the day. Now that is something to crave. Stacked to-dos. I touched on this earlier, but I tend to make the most excuses when I feel like I've got a full plate. When deadlines are looming, meetings are stacked up, I have errands to run or I feel behind, I find myself feeling like, Instead of working out for 30 minutes or an hour, I should be spending time knocking something off of my to-do list. It's a funny conundrum because I'm not happy unless I'm busy, which means I have multiple endeavors going on, meetings on the calendar, errands to run, and tasks in multiple areas of my life that make me feel important or needed. I thrive in tight turnarounds and I live by due dates and deadlines, but there's a fine line between that level of excitement, busyness, and feeling valuable, and then feeling overwhelmed because too many things got piled onto the list all at once. The funny thing is, when I do feel stressed and I should be the most productive, The overwhelm often sends me into a mental space where I feel paralyzed, exhausted, and like I'm failing at everything all at the same time. Working out actually helps me avoid this paralysis phase because while I'm moving, my mind is free to organize and prioritize the tasks and find clarity. So when I'm done with my workout, I'm actually able to be more productive in less time. It's the craziest dichotomy, but it's really prevalent in my life. Even though I've recognized these triggers, self-evaluated, brought awareness to the cycle and where it came from, I've recognized the patterns, but that's not quite enough to break the cycle. Do you want to know the number one reason we all fail at our goals? The number one reason we make excuses not to do something when it seemed like a priority just last night or last week? The number one reason we set a goal and then nearly immediately make excuses as to why we can't or won't do it is an imbalance between urgency and priority. That's it. Urgency and priority. I want you to imagine a balancing apparatus with urgency on one side and priority on the other. You have to have both. The goal or desire, uh, let's just say toned arms, has to be of high priority to you and of high urgency to you in equal measure. Like 
Maybe you have an upcoming event to which you want to wear a sleeveless dress. This is urgency. Maybe at that same event, you're being nominated for an award or you'll be in the spotlight in some way and your image is important to you. This is priority. With both urgency and priority being high and staying at that high level, it's likely you'll actually complete the get buff arms workout videos you just ordered. However, if either one begins to decrease, your likelihood of continuing the consistent behaviors needed to reach your goal are in jeopardy. And that's where the excuses start to creep in. What this boils down to with urgency and priority is a strong why. I'm sure you've heard about the why before, especially if you're an entrepreneur of any sort. Establishing what your deepest, most passionate why is. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's to break a generational pattern of poverty. Maybe it's to overcome heredity and genetic health disorders. Whatever it is, it's your strongest, most driving passion reason for setting a goal and implementing change in your life. From now on, with any goals you set in any area of your life, and don't worry, I'm doing this too, before you commit to starting Monday, evaluate the level of priority and urgency that goal carries. Explore your patterns as I've done here. Maybe even come up with a rating system for priority and urgency, like on a scale from one to five, how much weight that goal actually carries. Take some time to think about what might throw you off in achieving this goal and how your best self would handle the hiccup and get back on track. Now, this isn't a cure, okay? You and I will still feel the need to make excuses But now we have the tools and the thought process to evaluate why. We are going to be able to immediately ask ourselves, what fell off? Did my urgency toward this goal decrease? Is this not a priority to me anymore? Am I experiencing fear of failure or a fear of success? Do I really think my time is more valuable somewhere else? Of course, if you have a valid answer to one of these, By all means, go. I will. So here's what's been going on in my life the past few months as I've begun to recognize my excuse triggers, as I've noticed when I feel like making an excuse and have been practicing evaluating whether my goal's priority or urgency has shifted, and as I've begun to make adjustments to my behaviors and our family's lifestyle so that I'm more apt to meet my goals. Basically, I've been just consciously working to get my family, everyone's schedule, everyone's expectations, and my behaviors in alignment with my personal goals. And here are some adjustments I've made. Keep in mind, the big struggle I've been facing is this yo-yo commitment cycle to fitness. But this can look very different and be on a completely different subject in your life. This entire episode can be applied toward personal finances, nutrition, building a business, becoming a more conscious parent, literally anything that you struggle with in sticking to in your own life. 
So the first big adjustment for me is recognizing that something is better than nothing. Instead of an all or nothing approach, which is how I felt a few months ago before this whole epiphany, I've realized that if I just get moving for 15 to 20 minutes, that's fantastic. I don't need to have this absurd expectation that I'll have an hour to work out each day. An hour walk or jog is fantastic when I can fit it in, but if my goal is to consistently exercise, then a window of just 20 minutes is 100% acceptable. And I need to be proud that I worked out for that time instead of feeling like that's not good enough. The second thing is involving the kids. Now, I think you're with me on this one. Those little buggers make my sunrise and my heart sing, and I'd do anything not to become a disappointment to them. So getting them involved has worked wonders for me. My eight-year-old began running with me this summer, and let me tell you, he can outrun me any day. He skips and hops and giggles for miles with an encouraging, come on, mom, every so often while I'm wheezing and attempting to keep up. Hey, if my eight-year-old can do it, there is not a reason in the whole world why I can't get with it. Beyond running, I've learned that both of my kids, my little one included, love a good video or instructional workout. We pop on some YouTube yoga or T25 or even just dance on the video game console and the kids are all about it. It's like a group effort to keep everyone in the room motivated and moving. Turns out working up a sweat together is actually pretty fun. This brings me to incorporating the goal into the existing routine. I think the adjustment that's made the most difference is incorporating my workout into the existing family routine. For us, this worked into our morning routine best. I knew I'd either have to establish with the fam that mom's working out at 6.30 and dad's in charge until I get back at 7, or for them to work out with me as part of their normal before school. I got lucky here because both kids are in soccer, so they're pretty in shape, and my older one participated in jog club last year at school. Jog club is just basically where the kids who arrive early to school have the option to run and rack up miles for little token prizes. So I modified the goals and prizes, and now we do our own jog club. We run around our cul-de-sac and get stickers and other prizes based on the number of miles ran. My kids' competitive sides are showing here, and they love working toward the prizes, which is great because if a six-year-old can run a mile and a quarter each morning, I better be dang sure to keep up. So the next thing is coordinating with the spouse. As you can imagine, adjusting our family's morning routine and whether I choose to exercise before the rest of them wake up or with the kids, there's a certain level of support and coordination that I require. With any goal, support from those closest to you is of utmost importance. 
I've really had to look at all our routines as a family and as individuals, communicate with the hubs, what I was working toward, and ask for his perspective on how we could best do this. Now, if he's on board and manages the kids' breakfast while we're all outside running, then I'm sure you could see how that's mega helpful and might have a large impact on my exercise consistency. If he agrees to wake up 30 minutes earlier to help the kiddos each morning while I'm outside, same thing. And all this boils down to him seeing that I'm in a better mood, my stress is lower, and my self-esteem is higher when I work out, and for him to contribute to my ability to work out if he wants to continue to see that side of me. Next up is break up the big goals. So earlier this year, while everyone was home just because of this pandemic, our family was on anything but a routine. And I'll just let you imagine how chaotic that was. Maybe you had a similar experience. I was in the early stages of this whole excuses self-discovery saga, and I wanted to work out. I hadn't involved the kids yet because we didn't have a set routine. Who would with no work and no school to attend? So I experimented with shorter 5 to 10 minute walks outside multiple times a day. Some days I loved it. It allowed me transition time between activities every hour or two. It let me get some fresh air and clarity around my next endeavor. And having several little walks throughout the day broke up monotony and gave me little much appreciated breaks, shall we say. Other days, though, I hated it. It made me feel interrupted and maybe I wasn't ready to stop doing something and go outside when my timer dinged. Sometimes it made my day feel disjointed or like I was leaving all the time. I began to feel like instead of walking for 10 minutes, I should just be finishing up what I was trying to do in the first place. Now, this could really work well for some people. It just depends on how you structure your day. Maybe an entire 20 or 30 minute workout isn't for you. Maybe two or three 10 minute walks a day is a better plan. I say this because you have to find what works for you. And that has been the biggest part of my journey when we're talking about excuses, time management, getting enough sleep, whether I'm working out an hour or 20 minutes all at once or using some sort of broken up routine to get my time in, you just have to evaluate all of this in your own life, find your triggers, find what's going to make you successful, and apply that for yourself. Like I said in the beginning, abundance is possible for all of us, but it looks different for each of us. And that's beautiful. Okay, mama. Now that you've heard all about my struggles and what I've learned about myself, including my triggers, the circumstances in which I tend to make the most excuses or want to, I hope this has given you some insight into how to quit making or looking for excuses in your own life. Like I said earlier, this can apply to any area of life. 
health, presence, finances, you name it. Now you can pick any area in your life where you've noticed excuses creeping in or the set a goal and then talk yourself out of it cycle. And you can evaluate what triggers are showing up for you. Is it fear of failure or success? Is it time or energy? And how do these triggers that are showing up boil down to urgency and priority? As with so many things, self-examination and awareness are so important for us to recognize these patterns and begin to listen to those thoughts critically. I hope that after listening to this today, you've not just become aware of the excuses that are basically self-sabotage, or maybe you laughed at mine, but you've gained some perspective on why this is happening. I absolutely hope listening to this episode helps moms who want to be more fit stick to their fitness goals because they were able to recognize the need for urgency and priority in goal setting so they can avoid falling off the wagon. I'm right here with y'all because now we know how to set goals we'll actually stick to, right? With high urgency and priority. In other words, a compelling reason or deadline, a solid plan to fit it into your day and not skimp on other tasks, support and coordination from your partner, and a routine that allows enough sleep at night. And ultimately, we need to give ourselves permission. If you do all this and you fall off, that's okay. Guess what? You have permission to do that. You also have permission to evaluate, adjust, and get back up again too. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening to Reaching Abundance. This podcast exists to help mamas live happier, healthier, and more abundantly in every way possible. Another way we mamas can connect is inside my Facebook group, Money Minded Mamas. You can find it either by searching on Facebook for Money-Minded Mamas, or you can find it from my Facebook page at Happy Healthy Abundance, and it's linked there. Inside that Facebook group is where I hang out, answer questions, post helpful articles, and get to know my listeners in between episodes. And guess what? I want to see you in there. I want to get to know you so I can continue to create content that makes your life better, easier, and provides solutions to issues you are concerned about. All right, Mama. Thank you again for being here with me today. I really, truly believe we can have it all through intention, consistency, and always trying to be present in the moment. This week, edge a little closer to reaching abundance by noticing if and where you tend to make excuses and why. We all do it. Don't forget to check out the show notes at reachingabundance.com where you'll find the links to grocery budget makeover, my favorite fitness gear, an opportunity to set up a free 15-minute coaching call with me, and the summary of everything we talked about here. I look forward to talking with you again next time.